0: Welcome back to Pod Logic presented by Straight Up Podcasts. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to sit down number four today with John Gay, aka JAG. So John creates podcasts for businesses and nonprofits. After receiving a degree in broadcast journalism from Syracuse University, go Orange, John spent 15 years as the radio personality JAG in Vermont, Detroit, and New Orleans. By leveraging his experience with audio content creation and production, he founded Jag and Detroit Podcasts in 2018 as a means to create, develop, host, produce, edit, and publish podcasts, an A to Z solution for his clients. He can be found on social media at Jag in Detroit and on the web at jagandetroit.com. So John and I met last year at Podcast Movement in Orlando after a fire alarm sent the entire convention outside into the brutal august florida humidity we struck up a conversation about plugins and have since stayed in contact sharing production hacks tips on working with clients since we run such similar businesses and we're also a part of the same podcast producers group put together by last week's guest Catherine o'brien i really enjoyed our conversation and i know you'll get a ton of value out of it so here we go with my sit down with the one and only jag John, AKA JAG in Detroit, thank you so much for coming on to Logic. I really appreciate it, brother. I know I had Catherine on last week, I got you on this week, and so we're really making the runs through the Podcast Producers Group, so I appreciate you making the time. Hey, I I certainly appreciate
1: you having me on. It's always great to talk to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll jump right into it because we keep these short and sweet. When did you enter the podcast industry? Why were you drawn to it? And how were you able to build a business helping others podcast? Because it's already tough enough to start your own podcast these days.
1: Well, I'm naturally long-winded by nature because I used to be a radio DJ, so I'll try to keep it short uh, uh. <laughs> in res- respect of your time constraints here. But um, I was a radio DJ from 2004 until 2017. I got let go for the final time from a radio job here in Detroit after the third or fourth time in my career being victim of a budget cut. I realized that the radio future wasn't that bright. And I had kind of worked my network to see what was out there, what was available. And a friend of mine connected me with this guy named Seth Ressler from Jacobs Media here in Detroit. He was doing a podcast called The Debrief, about the arts and entertainment scene in Detroit, and needed a producer and someone with radio experience to put on a radio-type podcast. So I came on as a producer to help out behind the scenes. Their co-host left. I slid into that chair, co-hosted the show for about a year. And it was really Seth who was telling me, dude, there's an opportunity here. There's a business opportunity here to create podcasts for businesses and nonprofits. And that was 2017, 2018. And since, as you know, Johnny, it's just really blown up uh, since. And I kind of was looking for jobs. I was between gigs. I was starting to dabble in podcasting. And the running joke with the story I tell is, you know, my wife looked at me and said, we hadn't been married that long, she said, you're half assing two different things. I need you to whole ass one thing. <laughs> whole choose. ass one thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I choose the, uh, I chose the podcasting route, uh, and then I worked my connections and started presenting myself as somebody who has all this background in professional audio production, both in terms of what sounds good from a technical side, but also from a content side and working with
0: companies to tell their brand stories. Absolutely. And that's the thing that Catherine hit on so much last week. And I love that this is just becoming a recurring theme is that content is key. Anyone can buy all the microphones and then have the setup and soundproof their living room. But if they have nothing to talk about, then their podcast is going absolutely nowhere. So the more people we have in their coaching content, I I think the better.
1: You know, I always say the number one tune out for a podcast for me is bad audio. But number two is bad content, because if the worst thing I want is if I'm checking out your podcast and the first three minutes is so what you had for breakfast today, Oh, I went to this nice little diner on the street. No, what is your podcast about? Tell me what you're going to give me, because like everybody, my time is valuable. And if I'm committing time to listen to your show, I need to get something out of it.
0: Especially if it's someone that doesn't have already that established audience or an established brand recognition, you like someone who's Conan O'Brien or Will Ferrell jumps on, obviously you're going to listen to them and give them more of a chance because of who they are. But if you're someone that's starting from zero, like a lot of people that we work with, then the content really has to have that extra punch because people aren't going to be as giving of their time, especially if they don't have that audience build up. I think that's where my radio background comes in is
1: you think about if somebody listening to morning shows in the radio and they're banging away on the presets in the car if your content's not good beep they're gone they're gone. Uh, and you kind of have that mindset to hook people into the start of the podcast. Joel Salsihi, who does the Stacking Benjamins podcast, who I met at Podcast Movement, and he's uh, right here outside Detroit as well. He talks about the first two minutes. Any James Bond movie, the first two minutes, there's like a car chase or a car crashes into the ocean or in a helicopter. They hook you in in that first two minutes. Otherwise, you've lost interest.
0: Yeah. Peeling into our second question, you may have already answered it a little bit in terms of the content perspective. But what do you see as the biggest roadblock for folks that want to start the podcast? Do you have any recommendations or solutions that you found to be the most helpful?
1: One of the guys I worked with in radio had a sign on his door. It said AFDI. Have you ever heard of that phrase? I have not. No, I can't say the whole thing on your podcast, but I can bleep uh, it out. It stands for actually fucking doing it. And that's the number one roadblock is people need to do it it's i have all great ideas and you you can have paralysis by analysis and you can think oh i should do this oh what if i did this oh i'm not ready i'm not ready do it no matter whether you are conan o'brien or joe blow who's got a you know a, a gift shop your tenth podcast will be better than your first. You're going to hear the first one and go, "Oh boy!" And you know when you get to 100, you'll listen to 50 and go, "Oh, ooh!" You're always going to get better, but it's like any muscle—you only get better by doing. And so, just do it.
0: Yeah, that's something I tell clients and people that I work with. They want me to look at their podcasts all the time is if they start to get a little discouraged, they go, oh, my download numbers aren't exactly where they want to be. Well, I go, well, if you want a genuine metric of seeing if you've actually improved, listen to your latest episode and then listen to the first 30 seconds of your first episode. And I guarantee you from a sound quality standpoint and from a content standpoint, it's going to sound like a completely different person.
1: Even in, after 15 years in radio, I've got a shoebox full of old cassette tapes from my college radio station, and there's a reason they're still in a shoebox, and I haven't digitized them yet because I'm afraid of what I sounded like when I first started. Oh, <laughs>
0: well, it's a good personal ego check too. I remember uh, sometimes I'll go back and listen to the first podcast I've ever produced or the podcast that I ever hosted, and it's just oh, it's night and day compared to compared to where we are now. Speaking of which, seeing that sort of transition of how much better you see yourself over the years, what has been the most satisfying part of working in podcasting? You
1: know, for as long as I was working in radio, I was always afraid of the pink slip that was waiting over my shoulder of somebody in New York or Philadelphia at corporate saying, oh, we don't need that position in Detroit anymore. So owning my own company is something I was so afraid of, but actually doing it again, I'll go back to that phrase, but Knowing that I have clients that have been happy enough with my work that they've recommended me to colleagues of theirs and other clients, I've gotten clients through word of mouth, you know, there's the feeling of, wow, I did right by this person. I've built a great relationship with them to the point where they entrust me to somebody in their network to work with. That's one part of it. The other part of it, I'm not going to lie. Is whether it's digital or paper, seeing that check come in from a client, knowing that I promised them a service, I executed on what I promised, and I've been compensated for my skill set. That's it's an incredibly satisfying feeling.
0: Absolutely. And this is something that I, if there are any, you know, people, my core audience is people that are, you know, new podcast hosts, but for any, you know, wannabe producers out there that are interested in getting into this space, that is definitely one of the most satisfying parts is when you know you're good enough to where you have a client refer another person within their network to you because it shows, you know, it's, it's a confidence booster for sure. It tells you that you're good at what you do to the point to where, that's how you're going to get new business. Is if you're good at what you do you know you can do all the mass marketing you want in the world but the people closest to you that you're already working with are going to be your sources of new business
1: you know and i'll also say that as a podcast producer and editor it's the same thing as we talked about with hosting is i go back to the first few episodes of my show that i did and i created and i produced it and i actually took them out of my podcast feed because i didn't like the way the audio sounded so as you you know i know you're you're self-taught in a lot of the same ways i am johnny is Knowing that you're growing as a producer, I'm always on the lookout for new tips and tricks and strategies and and ways to do things more as a producer just to make things sound better and also to shorten my workflow but still make it sound as good if not better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll give away one of John's little secrets and you can cut this out if you want, but John has a computer mouse that has like 30 buttons on the side <laughs> and he has them all listed out in his post-production process and like this is a cut and drag, this is the select all tool, this is the delete tool and you can just, I'm sure you've cut your editing probably in half with that workflow just with that mouse alone.
1: It has. And I mean, it started off with keyboard shortcuts and when I started using keyboard shortcuts, I had my right hand of the mouse on the right and I had my left hand on the keyboard, left side of the keyboard for the shortcuts and then somebody, I think in a podcast editors group in Facebook suggested that I get a gaming mouse and so this gaming mouse has 12 buttons on the side so I've now used it for long enough that I know where each of those 12 buttons are three decibel cut 10 decibel cut uh, ripple delete 30 decibel cut insert silence like you know all those different tools that I use frequently it really I don't know if it's only using half my brain only using
0: one hand but it's really really improved my workflow that's awesome. I love it. And that kind of tails into our final question. So since running Jag in Detroit, running this business, what do you think has been your biggest improvement? And moving forward, where do you think you need to improve the most?
1: I think, honestly, my biggest improvement has been self-confidence. Kind of going back to what you we were talking about a minute ago, and I actually gotta give my wife a lot of credit for this because I was always afraid of running my own business and all the stress that comes with it, but my wife was pretty good with numbers and, and she works in finance at, at, and, um, and she has kind of helped me on the accounting side of it so I can focus on the product side of it. And knowing that I am now making an honest living by owning my own company and realizing you know, that okay, I can, I know what I'm doing, and I can charge a premium—not too expensive for anybody who's interested—but I can charge a premium <laughs> for uh, you know for my services, and people will pay it based on based on what I'm doing. In fact, I've even had a, I even had a client who offered to start paying me more because she was so happy in the beginning. She said, "I'm not paying you enough," and to have, have a client say and <laughs> have a client say that to me was an incredible feeling. As far as my challenge. I'm always trying to get better at producing and editing audio. I haven't gone to a multi-thousand-dollar, you know, production house where I'm, you know, where I know how to
0: master a Dr. Dre album or something. Yeah, like or that. Yeah, or like Full but, sale University and major in audio engineering or something like exactly,
1: that. Exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm not an audio engineer in that in that sense of it, um, but I'm all, and I'm always trying to learn uh, the mastering piece of it and the mixing piece of it. Uh, fortunately, that's not a huge necessity for podcasts, but it's a skill that I'm trying to work
0: on so I can just you know, have that much more knowledge base to draw off of i mean nobody's a master at anything this is something i harp on a lot is that no matter where you are what level of business you're in and in any industry you can always learn and become better at whatever you're doing and i mean i love producing and editing podcasts so it's it's a genuine joy for us when we love what we do it makes the work of trying to become better that much easier we don't get complacent as easily as you normally would i think in a standard job to where you're you're kind of just expected to do x y and z and nothing really above and beyond that whereas with us if we aren't producing the goods or getting any better we don't eat we don't get money in yes. the bank every single week so it's one of those fight-or-flight challenge things that we actually enjoy doing so i love hearing that from you
1: and to that and to that point
0: johnny you know i think about you know previous jobs where i've watched the clock all day
1: and say so oh yeah now now it's the opposite So before all this coronavirus stuff now my wife's of course working from home but when she was in the office you know i'd look and say oh shoot it's four o'clock it's five o'clock like she's gonna go be home soon and i gotta start dinner but I, I'm still in the middle of this. Like I've kind of gone into the vortex and if I, I just get 20 more minutes of this podcast and like yeah. <laughs> shoot, time's going too quickly. I need, I need more hours in the day to finish this because I love what I do. And I don't look at the clock all day, aside from say, oh, it's noon already. I guess I should eat lunch.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think it's definitely one of the best feelings in the world. And I think the whole coronavirus uh, deal with us being stuck at home has been, it's really lit a fire under my belly and I'm sure it's done so with you and Matt and Catherine and David as to where we're just excited to wake up in the morning and just be fortunate enough to keep producing podcasts and do what we do. Because unlike a lot of industries, we have sort of felt a little bit of stability. Everyone's gotten hit some some harder than others, but... I mean, when it comes to just creating podcasts, you can do that from anywhere, whether that's at home or the office, or even in you know, my closet where I'm recording right now.
1: I've, I've moved many clients to mobile. And before we wrap up, should we tell the audience how you and I met during a fire alarm in Orlando?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely,
1: yeah. So um, <laughs> we were out the, in the beginning, uh, one of the beginning sessions of the day, the fire alarm went off. We're walking out, around outside in the brutal Orlando summer humidity. And we just ended up striking up a conversation and you taught me about a plugin that I ended up getting. And I think we've exchanged ideas. And now we, we've bo- we're we both part of this uh, podcasters, producers group that meets every month. And we exchange so many ideas and thank you for bringing me into that. And it's funny how a chance meeting uh, randomly uh, over here in conversation can turn into a
0: friendship and, and professional colleagues. And it's been huge too, especially with us. I mean, the majority of us work completely alone. So I I kind of treat all of you guys as sort of like my little podcast producers, family, coworkers, things that I can just bring problems to because I I mean, we don't really have other coworkers that are going through the same issues that we deal with on a daily basis that we can be like, Hey, what would you do in this situation? So when we do run into those problems, you know, there's a slew of people that we can contact right off the bat and say, Hey, I'm having this issue. What would you do? Or have you run into this into this situation before? It's been so helpful. Absolutely. Well, John, Jack in Detroit, thank you so much for joining us on Pod Logic. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation, it looks like in April shortly.
1: Yeah, crazy. Tomorrow's April recording. is on the 30th. Johnny, always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, enjoy seeing all of your success. And I uh, look forward to keep sharing ideas with you as we go and
0: more episodes of your podcast. I appreciate it, brother. You too. Hey, y'all. I hope you really enjoyed today's conversation with Jag. I know I did. It's always great catching up with fellow podcast producers like that and sharing a lot of the valuable information that they have because not everyone really has access to, you know, really pick our brains in that capacity. So if you haven't tuned into last week's episode with Captain O'Brien or any of our other sit down episodes, there are two other ones, one with Michael King, as well as Cynthia, my mother Peterson, who is also an amazing guest. Feel free to check those out as well. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes and sit down conversations. You can also check the show notes to find links to our newsletter, which goes out every single Monday. That'll have one recommended podcast that you can listen to every week, as well as thoughts about podcasting from yours truly, three tips to improve your podcast, as well as a couple of news stories just so we can all stay up to date with what's really going on in the world of podcasting. Like I mentioned on Tuesday's episode, Currently, I am offering some free podcast consults. If you want to just send me over some audio files, ask me, uh, you know, what you can do to improve. I'll be happy to take a look for free, obviously, Uh, maybe even add a little bit of my own post-production herbs and spices just so you can see what your podcast could sound like. And If you're interested in starting a podcast, launching one, uh, getting one off the ground, but you're not exactly sure where to start, feel free to check us out at straightuppodcast.com. We would be more than happy to start this journey with you. We offer production, editing, consulting, equipment referrals, everything you could want to get your podcast up and running. We are there to help you out. So thank you so much for tuning again and hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday.